it's Ruth and Philip. <laughs> We're recording not from Guatemala today, but from Peru, in a little mountain town in the Andes called Lares. We've wrapped up the first phase of our project in Guatemala, and now we're working with the team remotely while we travel and prepare for our next project. We're here imagining you sitting right next to us. So thanks for listening to Appleseed Radio. Appleseed began as an idea that we could create an organization that let us live and travel together while working to improve child nutrition in the places that need it most. This show chronicles our attempt to turn that idea into a reality. So, today we'll be talking about just how different it is to do your job in a third world country, specifically, Philip's job as a social marketer. And we're going to be doing something a little different. I'm going to take a back seat because we have another special guest today, Stephen Groner. Stephen is the founder and president of Stephen Groner Associates, or SGA, a social marketing firm in Long Beach, California. Not only is he a social marketing guru, he's also Philip's mentor and former boss. We could think of no one better to help us sort out the differences in social marketing in Guatemala versus good old California. Take it away, guys. Hey, Phil. Hey, Steven. How's it going? How are you? Good. Are you ready to record? Yep, yep, ready. Are you ready? All ready. Okay. You're, you're down in Peru now, but uh, I'd like to take this back to when you were in Long Beach and how you actually got Appleseed started. Could you yeah. tell me what the origin of Appleseed was? Sure. Well, I was still with SGA. For several years, we were working together and running projects, but kind of in the back of my mind, I always thought how interesting it might be to, to go back to um, where I was before, you know, third world countries, and taking everything that I learned at SGA and apply it there where there's all these nonprofits and there's Peace Corps volunteers and all these people trying to do all this stuff a lot of times they have a great solution for something, but then nobody seems to be using marketing to actually change people's behavior and get them to, you know, change their lifestyle habits. So, yeah, I had this idea, and then at around the same time, Adam, who's still with you guys, he and I and my wife Ruth, the pediatrician, decided to start Appleseed. With Appleseed, our mission was to improve what children eat. We had a volunteer project with this urban farm in in one of the projects of Long Beach. They had all these wonderful vegetables, and they had this resident population who never ate vegetables. And they faced all these issues like obesity. And so we thought this would be a great project to try ourselves at. So that was a core-time project, and you apply community-based social right. marketing. Oh, yeah. That was a core-time project with SGA, where we had some paid time to just do whatever we wanted. And so that was kind of our passion project. So that was your starting point. This is when you were still working at SJ, but then you, you guys, you and Ruth, you set off on your own and talked to me about your international experience with Appleseed. Right. This is only last year, but it feels like a while ago. So August is when, when you know, I transitioned out of SGA and, and passed on my clients and said goodbye. And then we went straight to Guatemala. Our mission being improving what children eat. We went to Guatemala because that's the place with the worst malnutrition in the entire Western Hemisphere. Um, And actually one of the worst in the world where a lot of kids don't grow. A lot of them have a condition called stunting where they're just chronically malnourished and their brains don't develop. They don't grow very tall and this affects them throughout life. And it's, it's a terrible condition. And so we went there 
um, to partner with Samia Nueva, an organization on the ground who is one of those really good organizations, but just didn't know how to get people to, to accept the solution that they were giving them. And what they had, their solution was uh, this high-protein corn. And if people would just eat it because they eat tortillas three times a day, it would literally just transform the country because really if you can get them to eat protein early in life, they can actually avoid stunting. So we helped them by doing an entire social marketing project start to finish from research all the way to campaign launch. And that was this spring. So take me through that a little. How did you figure out what the barriers were, what were potential motivators were of of changing people's uh, interest in this? The first thing, I mean, we, we did what we always do, right? We started with listening, with, um, with research. I mean, you got to know your audience, and no two audiences are the same. So we went into these farming communities, talked to a bunch of people, and ultimately we put out a report. And a lot of the findings were kind of a surprise to our partners who had, who had been there for seven years. So that was our first step. And what were some of the surprises you found? In Guatemala, you'd think with everyone facing this malnutrition problem that they would know what it was, but most people didn't. Or some kind of did, but didn't think it affected them. Another was that people thought all corn was highly nutritious because it's just part of their origin story, being you know indigenous Mayans. They thought that all corn was nutritious, but they didn't know that corn really had almost nothing. Um, we also found that people didn't care about protein. They didn't know much about it. They didn't care about it. So with our partners, I mean, they're telling people how important it was to eat this corn because it had protein. That just didn't make sense to anybody. Instead, people cared about family. They cared about providing for family because they're very insecure about that because obviously they're you know, living below the poverty line. Also, they cared about strength and energy and kind of the immediate benefits of, of eating something with uh, better nutrition rather than kind of the long-term health benefits. How were you able to kind of allow, get them to trust you and talk to you about these pretty personal, intimate issues about their food habits and kind of what they believe? So our partners, they all they have good relationships with people in their community. So we'd go in with someone we knew, and that really helped And then on top of that, with Ruth being a pediatrician, and, you know, these are kids who have never seen a doctor, let alone, like, a a first-world, you know, American doctor. So that was huge. The women were just super happy to give us the time and to talk to us. With that, I had kind of unprecedented, you know, market research access. But um, one thing that really helped us, totally unexpected, was that, that we're Chinese, um, we're, we're Taiwanese, both of us, and we look Chinese, and for whatever reason, I don't know exactly why, I've been trying to figure it out for months, but Guatemalans apparently really like Chinese people, <laughs> they, they just, like, trust us for some reason. One thing might be because in the past, um, like 20, 30 years ago, there were people from Taiwan who came to build relationships with Guatemala. Um, for political reasons, but they helped the farmers out a lot, and I think that's remembered. So all these th- different things kind of helped us, yeah. When I read the report, there are some very specific um, 
individuals that had, if you will, kind of a heightened influence within the community, people really turned to. Can you describe you know, what their perspective was and how you worked with them as well? Yeah, back when we were about to launch the campaign, we had kind of done what I thought were all the hard parts. You know, we had done all the research, we had strategized and figured out, man, we need a whole new brand for this corn. We gave it a new name and we even had a slogan and logo and all this stuff, right? Well, the thing is, it makes no difference what the brand looked like if it didn't actually get out into the communities. Because obviously you don't want a bunch of gringos just showing up in the middle of the community and trying to promote this new corn because that wasn't going to work. And so our partner, um, Samia Nueva, they have been working in this region for seven or eight years. They have these coordinators and promoters, people who live in the communities, and there's 25 different communities in this region. Our plan was to get these folks to do a training on the brand, and that way they could carry out their message farmer to farmer. That's something we probably would have done at SGA too, try to cultivate some champions. But the, the part that was different was maybe how we went about training them. Like I said, we had this brand. I wanted people to stop talking about protein and all this stuff. So I worked really hard with my team to, to get everything down to this one-page like branding guide. We really just needed to communicate this. Now the problem is, very few people in these communities ever made it past third grade. So, yeah, I couldn't, like, email this out or something. The only way to do it was orally. Did the training. These guys, they listened really patiently. And the cool thing is they memorized everything because they don't read or write very well. They all made it their own. Eventually, we got the brand across. Later, following up, People, I mean, they went back to their communities, they put up posters, they talked to people, they answered questions, they had countless conversations with their neighbors. They just mobilized in a way that I feel like never would have happened in the U.S. A few weeks later, when it came time to get the seed, thousands of people showed up. Um, and so the Thousands of people, wow. Yeah, thousands of people in these 25 communities. Over 3,000 families got seed. And it, it started with these 25. We did do like an event and we did some other stuff, but these were the core people who carried the brand back to their um, their communities. So, so what was the secret sauce? I mean, what was it that they did that was so persuasive? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, there was, a, there was a change from what they were talking about before to now what they're... This new brand and their is it how they talked? Was it, was it who they were? Was it what they said? Maybe a combination? It was a few things. One, I think, was that we first got them really on board. They fell in love with the brand. It was farmers just like them who we worked with to develop the brand. And so we came up with a really great name, Fortaleza, which gets at these feelings of strength and fortitude that we found out from our research that farmers really wanted. But more than that, we we kind of hit them at a personal level. We talked about real issues that people faced. Like we directly asked, in, in front of the whole group, we would ask, you know, one guy, do you have a kid? They're like, yeah, of course, I have four. Well, how are they doing in school? Or how do you make sure that they're getting the best or eating the best, you know? And that kind of got at this vulnerable conflict that they have. And they're like, well, I'm not sure what's the best thing to give them. So 
starting there, then we kind of show them, well, that's what Fortaleza is all about. This is the corn for your family. It's the corn that would be great for your kids. It's going to give them the energy they need more than regular corn. So I think that was the first step. They really got bought in. They felt like they finally had something tangible that they could go back to their communities with something that they knew would be good for their neighbors. So so that was one. I think they had a lot of enthusiasm and a sense of purpose. But yeah, they all went back to their communities, did what they needed to do. They put posters up in all these different places like tiendas, which are these little convenience stores that every community has. They put them up at the corn mills where women would go every morning. And the cool thing about Guatemala is there's no red tape. You can just put stuff up. You don't really have to get permission from anybody. Nobody cares. It's like, you know, the U.S. maybe 150 years ago. From a marketing standpoint, it's really neat because everyone just mobilized. And a, a lot of them even went the extra mile and they, like, got these megaphone announcements to drive around town to broadcast the date and time where people would need to show up if they wanted to learn about this new seed. And, yeah, it uh, it worked. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, so um, this first year, if the average family size is about six, we got it to right around 20,000 this year. We really want to scale it up. So right now we have um, a team member who joined us named Ledvi. She's on the ground in Guatemala keeping things going. She's doing a campaign to get people to properly store grain. If you prevent pests, then you can actually replant it next year. But on top of that, we want to scale up by getting this high-protein Fortaleza seed into the kind of the commercial supply where people can plant it and sell it um, on top of eating it. And if we can do that, it's going to scale tremendously because then it's getting into, um, that's a whole order of magnitude, people eating this biofortified corn. So that's next year. Looking back at the campaign, what, what were the you know what were some of the things that you were able to kind of take away from your work in California at SGA that really kind of worked, and what were some of the things that you had to kind of innovate on the fly down in Guatemala that uh, that you needed to kind of figure out? So, a lot of pl- I mean, it's literally taking everything that I learned at SGA and applying it. The biggest part is doing really good research up front. Now, there's a lot of little squirrely things that I never could have prepared for. I mean, I got Giardia a couple times and Chicken Guya, which is in the same family as Dengue and Zika. It's just a terrible mosquito-borne disease. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really factor that in, but I guess, you know, there's always obstacles. Oh, so I was telling you about this branding guide this one pager that we had. I needed to print this thing. The training was around 10 a.m. It was scheduled for 10. So I got up early at a few hours. You know, at SGA, maybe I would ask an intern or something and tell them what I needed, and they'd, they'd go into the copy room. and. You don't have a copy room down in uh, Guatemala. <laughs> That's right. So anyways, yeah, we needed to train these guys up, and I needed to print this thing. And so I just drove to town. The first place I went, I found out from the printer that you have to bring your own paper. So 
no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a, um, this little stationery store. The thing is, they sell paper by the sheet. They like literally ask how much paper you want, and then they just count out sheets by hand, and then they handwrite all receipts, and it takes like 20 minutes. It's all good. I got my paper, and then I needed to print it, so I went found an internet cafe. So the way to do it out here is you get one page printed, and then you make photocopies of that because photocopies are cheap. It took maybe 30 minutes, got it printed, and said thank you, and and after you know 10 minutes of receipt writing, and I had to drive to another place that actually had a Xerox machine, and then you know got those made. All said and done, I had to visit three or four different places, and it took me two full hours just to get these these copies made. And yeah, that was just that was just one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your next step? What's my next it's step? For Appleseed. Yeah, we're um, continuing to work with our partners in Guatemala. Ruth and I are actually going to be back there in January, and in the meantime, between now and the end of the year, we're trying to start a new project in Asia, so probably Taiwan, where there's some malnutrition problems with the uh, indigenous tribes there. Zooming out a little bit, our long-term picture is to get it to a point where the organization can, you know, stand on its own, you know, start maybe paying salaries a little bit. So that's kind of our dream, and hopefully um, we can get there. But in the meantime, we're just focused on making impact and getting results. So, so yeah, just doing the work we love. So. Wow, that's excellent. That sounds very exciting. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Great. Um, All right. Good luck with the rest of the travels in Peru, and uh, keep me posted. Okay. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Okay. Take care. All right. Later, Bye. Stephen. That's it for our show today. Uh, big thanks to Stephen Groner and his team for sharing this episode on the SGA blog, which always has interesting content. And thank you all for listening. Wait, Philip. Huh? Our website. Oh, that's right. Um, before you go, I'm really excited to announce that we've launched a new website. Yay! <laughs> it's appleseedimpact.org. Go there if you're a new listener and you want to check out past episodes or subscribe, or if you're a loyal listener and you want to see some photos or something visual to kind of go along with everything you've heard. Again, that's appleseedimpact.org. You can also go there to make a donation. We really don't like to ask for this very often, but if you liked what you heard, or if listening has made your day a little better, please support us. For the time being, everything we're doing is still completely voluntary, so we really do need your help. With more funding, we can pay for things you heard about in the show, like transportation or printing or other project costs that allow us to keep bringing social marketing to the developing world. With your help, we can keep providing professional services to our nonprofit partners on the ground in the places that need it most to truly improve what children need. Anyway, to donate and more, please visit appleseedimpact.org, O-R-G, and many, many thanks in advance. Yeah, thanks a bunch. Talk to you soon. See ya.